Blog Talk Radio. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. You know that song? That is the Game of Thrones on HBO. Joffrey is dead. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. As always, joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, Kentucky Derby's in the air. The Wildcats got all their guys coming back. And fantasy football is just starting to come to life a little bit. The stir is kind of – the stir of echoes is kind of happening right now. NFL draft right around the corner. NFL schedule release. Things are picking up, my man. Yes, it is, Scott. And uh, it's great to be with you again uh, this Friday. And uh, great for everybody to be joining us. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stir in the air Uh and the one thing about it is uh, football never stops. Football, it just doesn't quit. Uh, you know, I, I got a trade offer in front of me uh, from you, my brother, that we'll talk about. And uh, But, uh, you know, dynasty football, fantasy football, uh, it's hard to believe that it's going to be right in front of us before we know it. So uh, it's, you know, it's almost time to get right at it. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. This show sponsored by FFToolbox.com. dot uh, com. The uh, the fantasy football world championships signups are already underway. You can actually qualify for May Madness in April as long as you put down your deposit. Every two hundred dollar deposit for a main event team gets entered into May Madness. It's our version of the early bird. Instead of a hundred bucks off, I mean, really. If you want that, send me an email. We'll give it to you. But everybody's clamoring for the May Madness drawings. One in 20 win a seat at the, the World Championship this year. It's a very cool promotion. We're very excited to be rolling it out again this year. And, look, we gave away like nine teams last year, so we'll probably even have more drawings than that. So if you want your name in the hat, we, we, we televise basically those over video cast. 
and uh, push those out so you can watch those drawings live. They're really cool. And, yeah, I mean, why not win a main event seat uh, for putting your deposit down before the end of May? Uh, Mike, a lot of stuff going on with the World Championship. I just want to let you know, before we get into all the news in the NFL, uh, listen, drafting at the Mirage, there's nothing like it. Once you go to Vegas, you will always come back. We hear it every year. It's a brotherhood, fraternity, a fantasy fraternity, if you will. And, uh, look, we have now uh, secured – I think you'll be happy to hear this – We've secured the highly sought-after Grand Ballroom for our main event draft. It's directly across from the Terry Fader Theater. If you played with us in 2012, year one, you'll remember the real short, convenient walk right outside of the elevator down the hall. It wasn't a long walk down a corridor, so you can wear any shoes you want. You can walk in from the pool if you want. Uh, And I just want to say this, man, about the Mirage, Mike. I think it's important that the – FFWC community realize and remember that they are the first and only fantasy football, uh, you know, we're the only fantasy football event in the country that's partnered with a Vegas hotel. You can rent, anybody can rent space, convention space, right? And we're not talking about that. The Mirage wants to be known as the home for high-stakes fantasy football. No other hotel allows us to come in and party in their sports book and draft in the sports book on opening night of the NFL. That's what they I was going to say. This. They want this. They welcome you, the fantasy player, into their hotel, into their sports book lounge on NFL opening night, and then you top it all off, the champion goes back out on their busiest weekend of the year, Super Bowl weekend, for a huge check presentation in their sports book covered on Fox and everything. Look, the Mirage is going after this, and I think the fantasy players just – Really, you got to let that well, sink in for a second. It's huge that a hotel is doing yeah. this for us, the players. Well, absolutely, Scott. And, uh, you know, I couldn't echo the sentiments uh, more than what you just said uh, because they allowed you guys last year to have a draft right there in their sports book. In their sports book. Uh, what was it after the Thursday night game? I mean, are you kidding me? Right in the sports book to do that, and plus the uh, the the amenities that the uh, they laid out for you. I mean, that that was pretty awesome. Uh, so, uh, you know, I I just can't I can't believe a sports book would allow you to do that. But there must be some kind of great camaraderie there that uh, the FFWC and the Mirage has, and uh, it sounds like it's going to be a great marriage for a long, long time. And that's awesome news. It is, man, and I just I just want people to say, hey, support the Mirage any way you can. If you have a choice, obviously, look, you can stay wherever you want, but the fact that they are wanting to do this, well, you know, look, they want it to be good for them, and they want to see the fantasy community come out and support their hotel and the same thing. I, It's a really, and again, it's legendary, man. The Mirage has been around forever, uh, and it's, uh, it's just a, we're just really excited about the relationship, the partnership. We were so excited. It's going to be even better uh, this year. I think we were I'd just like- sort of so so excited about it last year. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's just uh, it, it's a lot of fun for you guys. And uh, yep. just if you don't mind, can I bring up uh, the banner, the FFWC banner, the votes and things like that? Because, uh, you know, th- mm-hmm. this is kind of cool. I mean, I saw a lot of different uh, – there were three different banners that were posted uh, uh, on the on the site for the FFWC. And, uh I just want your thoughts, Scott. I mean, I, I thought all three of them looked fantastic. I had a particular uh, thought on one, but, uh, you know, 
expound on that because that's that's kind of cool stuff. Hey, you know, look, we're just uh, that's just something fun we're doing. Uh, we always like to get the feedback from our players. Matter of fact, we had one of our players this week uh, design a banner and a graphic art for us. So look, this is just there's there's all kinds of skills that the fantasy players have in our community. Why would we want to go outside of our community if we can do it in, from the inside and involve the players? And so that's just something fun we're doing. What Mike is referencing is a graphic, uh, a banner that goes inside of the league software. And so you'll you know it's the FFWC banner where the best players play, uh, where the best players play. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. So, uh, but back to the Mirage real quick, Mike. I like the first one, I guess, at the end of the day. I kind of like them all. They're all kind of okay. The bottom one that's been getting a lot of love, that that one, that's more of a, that's a Batman Begins uh, font uh, that everybody kind of likes. It looks real sharp, kind of like it's glowing. But uh, back to the Mirage, they want to be known as the home of high-stakes fantasy football. They're a big part of the reason, along with you, the players, why we won the best fantasy live event. So, Definitely, Mike. Again, also, it's not just the main event. Everybody can't afford the main event. Right. We understand that. But if you can make it out to Vegas, play in the Roto Bowl. 279 to play. You can't beat that. You get the, the feel for the high-stakes events. We've had players that won their Roto Bowl last year, and they dominated it. They're coming back and ponying up for main event seats instead because they loved it so much being out in Vegas. It is one of those things you want to be at that table. Roto Bowl's great, and we want to make sure that we have some Roto Bowl drafts going on in Vegas as well. So if you can't get yeah, into well, those leagues, this year will be yeah, the first year we've ever offered leagues that are under $30, Mike. We're going to be offering $29 leagues. They're, they're Roto Bowl qualifiers. You win your league in that, and you win your way into a Roto Bowl. And then, you know, once you get into a Roto Bowl, you know, anything's possible. Well, uh, you're absolutely right. Anything is possible. And the one thing that I got out of uh, uh, the event last year was I – I played in two Roto Bowls, and, uh, man, when I got done drafting, I felt like I was in the main event. Even though I wasn't, I felt like I was. That's how much buzz and excitement, seeing the people, uh, seeing the other contestants that were competing in the main events, they were also competing in Roto Bowls as well. Uh, it, it was just a kind of intermingle of uh, contestants, and, you know, I, I wasn't able to do the main event, like I said, but... After the Rota Bowls were, was, were over, I mean, I was able to uh, communicate and uh, talk to all kinds of people that were getting ready to uh, draft the main events on the next, uh, the next uh, morning and afternoon. And it just came, became quite a fraternity. It was pretty awesome. It was fun. Thank you to everybody in the chat room, the crew here, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. They join us all year long, Mike. It's really incredible. Brothers Mayhem, Henry Muto, Rednecks, Urinal Men, everybody that's in the chat it's, uh, it's just a lot of fun to talk to you guys and get going on some NFL stuff. Let's start on some of the news uh, that we've uh, been, been witnessing here this week, Mike. Uh, Jeremy Macklin says he's a full go uh, receiver for the Eagles. And, and look, uh, when you suffer a torn ACL, and we're going to talk about Macklin a little bit in our value stint here, our, our guest tonight, uh, fantasy executive Corey Parson from SiriusXM, we're going to talk about Macklin whether he's value or not. Uh, but, look, the Eagles are going to need Macklin. And uh, Brian Murphy put out a nice little uh, article, our, our toolbox correspondent. He put out a nice article on Jeremy Macklin. What are your thoughts on, on Macklin this year uh, being in that explosive offense? Well, it's, it's real iffy. If you're in a dynasty league, uh, obviously, if you haven't sold him, I would still sell him. 
okay. because you know it may, it may be an explosive offense, but uh, Jeremy is just he's too iffy. Uh, redraft again another iffy situation. Uh, we'll have to see how the ADPs uh, turn out come uh, June, July, and and how that's coming along. But uh, you know if you if you have a real strong uh, favor toward him, then, uh, then, then go get him. But uh, I'm just – I'm not much on him. I will have my thoughts on Jeremy Macklin before the, uh, before the night is over. I, I, I will tell you that I am much more optimistic than my cohort here, Mike, is. Maurice Jones-Drew says he has a lot left. Well, what else is he going to say? Uh, but it's hmm. MJD and Darren McFadden. Again, shout out to uh, Brian Murphy, who, who – provides a great amount of news for us at FF Toolbox. Very thankful for Brian. Uh, and, look, we do expect MJD, or at least I do, and I'll, I won't speak for you, Mike, but I expect MJD to win that uh, competition there. I think he still has enough to beat out Darren McFadden. And uh, I think Darren McFadden realized that he didn't have a lot of options and a lot of suitors because they know what they've seen. And, and there's not much left for, for, uh, for Darren McFadden to really – uh, for him in this league. I don't think he's a fantasy weapon anymore, and we can talk about where they've been drafted. MJD was just drafted at 7-7 in a recent FFWC draft. McFadden was just taken at 9-8. Uh, I think those yeah. ADPs sound a little bit right, Mike, but I think MJD's ADP will rise a little bit from that seventh round. It sounds about right. Yeah, I think, uh, well, the bottom line is MJD's uh, ceiling will go up. I mean, his will rise a little bit more. Will McFadden's go from uh, your nine whatever? No. Uh, MJD's, it may go to the sixth round. You never know. But uh, McFadden's will not. Yeah. Um, three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. This is the Red vs. Blue Show, sponsored by FFToolbox.com. Dolphins wide receiver Mike Wallace excited for a new big play offense. Now, this is Bill Lazor. He's replaced Mike Sherman as the Dolphins offensive coordinator this year. And one of the differences between their systems appears to be that Lazor stresses more down the field throws. And, look, I mean, Mike, I don't even want to tell you my opinion until I hear yours. Mike Wallace, what do you think about him in 2014? Uh, you got to put up or shut up. Uh, Right now, Mike Wallace, uh, I, I, I don't. He's he's, he's an enigma. Um, if mm. you're high on him, then, then like go that. ahead and take him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're high on him, take him. Uh, there's going to be wavering opinions. It's like, uh, do you like the Cowboys? No. Yes. Do you like the Yankees? No. Yes. Uh, do you like Mike Wallace? Well, yes or no. So he, he's just he, he's a mess and. Uh, you're, I hit on him. You might hit on him, but I'm not going to take that chance. Let me. Uh, I love. I love how you just kind of think differently than me, Mike. I think that's what always makes this show kind of fun. Is that we yeah. just, we approach this stuff from different angles. And here's my take. Wallace. He loves the deep ball. Everybody describes him as a one trick pony, right? And I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know what? This is the year to pounce, guys, on Mike Wallace. You want to get out the value net, right? Do you remember when Lou Tranquilli wow. used to sit at those drafts and I'd sit by him, and then every pick he would just take would be somebody falling into his lap? He has an uncanny sense for, find, for looking at the available players and seeing the guy that's value that fell. And while, while some people get attached to players, Lou Tranquilli from BFD Fantasy, uh, he has a way of just seeing – 
through all that and saying, I'm not, a, I'm not attached to any guy. Who's the value? Well, Mike Wallace screams value to me, okay? He finished as wide receiver 25 last year, okay, in a, in a new offense for him with Ryan Tannehill and young quarterback. Mike, he was just drafted as wide receiver 34 in that FFWC draft. Wallace proved in Pittsburgh that he has 1,200 in double-digit touchdown potential, right? And, and again, as primarily a deep ball guy. But the chemistry between he and Tannehill will have to improve to get there. But still, he's a young guy. He's only tw- he'll be 28 in August. At wide receiver 34, Mike, if he was wide receiver 25 last year, you need to get out the net. You need to get out your value net and scoop him up. And don't worry about if it's a guy that you're extremely high on. Wide receiver 34 in a draft, and he performed at 25 last year, has another year under a Ryan Tannehill. You're getting him in the seventh round right now. Why wouldn't you take him? I say he's valued. I say he's not because why did they take uh, Nosha Moreno? Are they going to dedicate uh, part, of that game to, uh, part of their game to the run? I mean, I, it, it like seems like team. to me. So, well, well, no, not every team does it. And this team might have to because they understand that Tannehill, he's good, but he's not great. So his deep passes, will they be good? They obviously know it's not great, or they wouldn't have brought on Nosham Moreno. No, Nosham Moreno is going to pull from Wallace. Uh, Corey Parson is our, our guest this week. He'll be on here in just a little bit. The fantasy executive from Sirius XM, if you like that show and you, you enjoy that, we've, we've been uh, wanting to hear from Corey for a while. The Raiders find a taker and get Terrell Pryor, quarterback Terrell Pryor, traded to the Seahawks, Mike. I'm not a big fan of this move. I, I think that Terrell Pryor does have, did have some potential as a quarterback for a team like the Raiders. I don't know why they were so eager to deal him. Uh, he was a playmaker, and he made plays for a team that desperately needed him. Now, you bring in, you know, this MJD, and you bring in a James Jones, and, you know, you re-sign McFadden. Uh, you're trying to put some pieces around him, whether they are all world beaters or not is a different story, but at least you're trying to put some pieces in. Now, just, now it's, it looks like they bring in Matt Schaub at quarterback. Well, okay, I get it. They want a stability at quarterback. Matt Schaub is stability. But Terrell Pryor in Seattle – Look, it's a championship squad. He's 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 now a gadget player. Not not a big story. Okay, okay. Well, okay. Well, you can call it a gadget player. And Scott, we're gonna maybe go back and forth here. We have in the All first night. eighteen minutes All of the night. show, but 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 here I go. Pete Carroll is doing a lot of right things in Seattle. Does he expect Terrell Pryor to be a starter? No. Does he expect Terrell Pryor to be ready? When Russell Wilson goes down, possibly. Do you think under Pete Carroll, if Terrell Pryor is doing the right things, do you think under Pete Carroll that Terrell Pryor will will be ready? If Russell hey. goes down, I think so. Yeah, you know, uh, let's, let's hope that Russell doesn't go down. I really like watching the kid play. Uh, Sam Bradford, realistically way ahead of schedule in the ACL rehab. Mike, if I haven't told you yet, this is my – this is my sleeper uh, team of 2014, the St. Louis Rams, uh, toughest division in the NFL, and I'm taking them as a sleeper. Really? Are you kidding me? The defense was fantastic. I mean, if, if those two teams, Seattle and San Fran, have taught us anything, that's how you win in today's NFL, strong defense, right? And you get there. Now, there is the enigma in Peyton Manning with the offense that they had, right? But that's just, that's just too rare. 
right? It's too rare to right. have a, a player like that or a coach like, uh, you, you know, uh, Philadelphia has and Chip Kelly. These types of offensive geniuses and, and offensive players like Peyton Manning, very rare. Defense wins championships, and the, the Rams have arguably one of the best defensive fronts in the league. They're going to get even stronger this year. They need to address the offensive line in the draft, which I think they will do. They get two picks in the first round. If Bradford can stay upright with a better offensive line, uh, the, and they do need to address a wide receiver too, right? Um, but, I, but I like where this team is headed. You, uh, the, the Jeff Fisher, I love Jeff Fisher as a coach, and he's, he's putting the pieces in place. Yes, uh, I like it, uh, but I'm just I'm, I'm concerned about Bradford's health. Uh, he, he always goes down. There's always something wrong. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, because Fisher does have a lot of good things going, and their schedule seems fairly easy compared to uh, most of the NFL. Uh, so I'm just concerned about Bradford's health. Uh Mike, the last story I have here, um, Marcus Lattimore. This is um, this is a player that um, wow. a we've been tracking here. this kid, been tracking him for a while. He has tremendous amount of dynasty value with Frank Gore now in his 30s, and he's recovering from a long, devastating knee injury. Uh, proving it in practice, that's the only way he's going to be able to do it. He'll have to bully his way up the, the, the depth chart. Well, Michael James isn't really much of a threat. Kendall Hunter is a very solid player, but he's more of a role player. But this year, I think Gore is ready to take that step back. We've said it every year. But I think it's ready for Gore to kind of take that step back. And one of these backs, Kendall Hunter or Marcus Lattimore, is bound to emerge. And Lattimore has the unarguably higher upside. So, Mike, before I reach any more into that, uh, anything on Marcus Lattimore you want to share? Man, I, I'm just uh, – you, you cannot – heart goes a long way. And this kid has a lot of heart, and he's shown it. Uh, he hasn't given up through the process of uh, rehabilitating uh, his knee, re- rehabilitating himself. That, that's got to be crucial to, uh, to a young athlete, a young star that wants to make something of himself in the NFL. He has not wavered from that. I expect big things out of Marcus Lattimore this year. Kendall Hunter, like you said, I mean, he was get, kind of given the opportunity. Uh, uh, LaMichael James, I, I mean, I, I've had LaMichael James on a couple of dynasty leagues and just wasn't quite there. Frank Gore is waiting for somebody, and I guarantee you, Frank Gore is saying, you know what, this kid has worked hard in rehabilitating himself uh, Physically and mentally, that's got to be tough mentally, too. And he's going to take him underneath his wing, and Lattimore looks good to me. You know, okay, I'm not the only guy that thinks he's awaiting his return, right? We all are. Every dynasty owner is. Devastating injury aside, I love his potential. And I think you need to be going after Marcus Lattimore. And I even even put it in the newsletter this week. Offer a second-round pick to the Lattimore owner. If that doesn't work, maybe even trade away an older pick like a Ray Rice uh, or a Terrence Williams with upside, right? Uh, running backs always seem to carry more value. If that doesn't work, how bad do you really want him? If you're hurting at running back, bump your offer up and offer a first, maybe a bottom half of the first. Remember, 
he was a bottom half of the first last year, and now he's had a year under his belt with no production. So that, that can go one of two ways. With a, with a, uh, some owners say, might, might say, yeah, I knew that when I drafted him. I was going to have to wait. Other owners might be like, you know what, I just, I'm tired of – I want to free up the roster spot, you know? Uh, and they'd like to maybe trade away. But, you know, get something else in return. Offer a late first. They, they want to get into the draft. Maybe Lattimore is their way, and they're really attached to one of the rookies. You don't know until you throw the offer out. So I, I do like that. Final story, Mike. Giants hearing good things about David Wilson's recovery from neck surgery. And this is ESPN's Dan Graziano wrote in his Saturday mailbag column that the Giants are hearing good things about running back David Wilson as he recovers from the spinal fusion surgery. And he will only play once he's fully healthy. But, Mike, what, what do you think about this? Do you think, you think Wilson just gut check time right now for the listeners? On, do you think he will ever amount to anything? No. Well, look, yeah. I, I don't really need much more of an answer. I mean, I, R- R- Rashad Jennings got a four-year deal. Yeah, I mean Rashad Jennings. Uh, I mean he he looked great in uh, in Oakland. He's going to uh, the Giants, and uh, you know I don't see why he can't do any good. Uh, I mean he's going to do well there. Uh, I I don't wish no uh, harm on uh, David Wilson, but it. I mean he's old news. I'm sorry. It, it's it's just too far gone. I'm just talking to the chat room here. You guys should get into the chat room, the crew here at Red vs. Blue. IPS but I, would like to, I, would, I would like to throw this, uh, this trade offer that I uh, have on the table from uh, – Okay. Um, yeah, just uh, – I've got an offer that uh, no Sean Marino and Golden Tate to me for Justin Hunter and the 1-4 pick. No Sean Moreno okay. uh, has been offered to me, and no Sean Moreno and Golden Tate for my Justin Hunter and my 2014 1-4 pick. All right, so Mike Trent, you have a trade offer on the table. We will try to get some help from the chat room. Justin Hunter and the 1-4 pick for Golden Tate and no Sean Moreno. Okay, everybody in the chat room. Uh, we'll try to help you out with that trade. Uh, yeah, they're already getting responses in the chat room. Henry Muto, uh, say no. Mike, say no, he says. Uh, Rednecks, no. IPS Hunter in the 1-4. So, Mike, maybe you should listen to the guys in the chat room. Uh, Brothers Mayhem yeah. says, I'd pass. So you got four people right there that just jumped in and said, you know, pass on that deal. Uh, Mikey, That's not uh, right. I agree. I don't think David Wilson is going to uh, – he's got a long yeah. road over, to overcome. It's almost like a sad Javid Best story, you know. Uh, let's, let's jump right into the discussion that I want to talk about. By the way, the rankings did come out before we get to that. Uh, thank you to Emil Kadlik. He works tirelessly on these high-stakes player rankings. And, Mike, it's honestly it's – a, it's a thankless job. Yeah. You know? I mean, high-stakes player rankings, you're only going to anger people that are ranked low. They're going to look at other guys and say, I'm better than that guy and that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, it's still here for players' enjoyment, and it's fun. People like to look at the other players. They like to see how everybody else did. They like to see how many wins they're getting. And, you know, look at the top guys and see how well they're actually doing. Are they winning just because they're entering a bunch of contests, or are they winning because, hey, most of their teams have a winning record? Well, that's pretty impressive. You know, so it's very good data to have. It's something the industry has to have. Now, the ranking part is difficult. It's not easy. You know, you gotta, you, there's all different types of ways you can do it. Uh, but, Mike, 
kudos to Emil Cadillac with all the hard work that Emil put into this. Sure. I, I really enjoy them. I think it's great. And look, people can say what they want, but those rankings, and we post them here at FF Toolbox and we promote them at the FFWC, they promote the other contests too. I had a guy call me the other day and said, hey, I didn't move up much in the rankings. I guess I'm going to have to play that NFFC one too. Oh. I mean, it's promoting the other contests. <laughs> Well, and, and another thing about it, Scott, those rankings, I mean, they're a guide. They're, they're not the Bible. They're a guide. And, you know, I, I think they're awesome things uh, that Emil and, and you guys do. You know, it, it's a guide for people to go on. And, uh, you know, if, if you're going to sit there and use those rankings to do your draft without using your mind and brain and kind of tweaking left and right, with those rankings, well, then you're in the wrong business. I'm sorry. You have to use those rankings as a guide and then mix and match what you want to do. Yeah, uh, Brothers Mayhem just said it needs a search ranking, and I said there is one. You've got to look on the left-hand side, and you can search the player profiles, uh, and, I, and I think that other people don't notice that as well. Uh, Jason, you're not alone in that, and I, I, was, I just mentioned that to Emil. Uh, we're going to make that more prominent so you can actually find – find your names on there. Uh, again, uh, FF Toolbox, FFWC, we, we really appreciate all the support that came in already. We are drafting. If you'd like to draft the new software, I can't even say enough about it, Mike. I'm so thrilled to death that our draft room software has been launched. They're beta testing yeah, it already cool. in a draft. Uh, it's, going, cool. it's going well. Uh, I can't tell you how good it is because it's just we've never seen it this good, and I, I played in a lot of contests, and I want you guys to judge it for yourself, but the feedback that I continually hear is the best they've ever used. And th to me, that's just music to my ears because that's what I wake up every morning and go to, you know, and I, I'm, other than my kids and my wife and my family, all, all my family and friends, I think about this and this software and this stuff for FSWC and the players nonstop, and that's, what I, that's my job, you know, that's what I'm doing. And yeah. we, they, we nailed this software, Mike. Being able to print, uh, I mean, your cheat sheets are right on your screen. You, you use your one cheat sheet. You can use them for every draft you have. And you can yeah. draft right from the cheat sheet every single time, Mike. That makes it so nice. It emulates the feel that I've always felt when I'm drafting in my draft. Yeah, you know, I don't know uh, how you guys did it, but uh, you guys did your research and did it well because uh, – there's just, there's so much there, and you just the cheat sheet portion is just uh, phenomenal, and uh, I love it, man. All right. Other than that, Mike, let's talk value players as we wait for Corey. Uh, maybe he's stuck in traffic. Uh, the fantasy executive from SiriusXM is supposed to join us. He has a really uh, cool concept for a contest that we we're, we're going to be talking about with the fantasy executive. But let's talk about value, Mike. It has been a um, well, actually. Let me back up. I almost forgot. We do have one last segment before we get to the value discussions. The NFL schedule, Mike. The NFL schedule. I'll say, I'll say a couple of things about it. Two games that I always want to watch for, besides the Thanksgiving games, which are always fun. The two games I'm always most interested in are the Thursday night game, right? right. And the Sunday night game from week one. Those are the two games from week one that I'm always interested in. The Thursday night game, the opening, because that's our kickoff party. That's the game that we're all going to be partying around and watching together in the sports book. And then the, th the Sunday night game is really, that's the, that's the game that I finally get to relax in Vegas and I get to enjoy the Sunday night game. And that game uh -huh. is the Colts and the Broncos. I mean, we couldn't be happier. My wife, Aaron and I, we're so stoked 
that we're going to get to watch a Colts-Broncos game at the Mirage in Vegas. We're so excited. Yeah, I mean, that that's a perfect game. I mean, you can't beat it. And then the uh, the two Monday night games, honestly, are kind of weak. But uh, yeah. the, uh, well, the, Pittsburgh the Sunday night game is – Pittsburgh-Baltimore yeah. is a rivalry yeah. game. I agree with you. The, the week three game, Redskins at Eagles. We get to see Deshaun Jackson uh, taking on his former team in Philly. It'll be interesting to see about the ovation there for Deshaun Jackson. Also in week three, Denver at Seattle. Rematch of the Super Bowl. Manning going to look better probably this time around. But, again, it's back, it's in Seattle. You would have thought that they – man, you would have thought that they would have gave them, um, you know, uh, a home game or something uh, for Denver. Well, bottom line is Seattle got no love on the schedule as far as uh, profile games, as far as Thursday, Sunday, or Monday night games. They got no respect whatsoever. I mean, they're the, they're the defending champions, and they yeah. got no love whatsoever. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Carolina at Baltimore, week four. That's interesting only for Steve Smith fans. Steve Smith playing against his former team. The Jets at New England, week seven. You've got uh, always the Rex Ryan Belichick thing going on. But Darrell Revis, you know, that's kind of intriguing, right? Uh, Revis playing against his Jets. And then, you know, the, the Jets in a, it should be rather interesting to watch. We don't know if it's going to be an implosion or something very, fairly decent with Michael Vick and Chris Johnson and Eric Decker and all the pieces that they've added in the offseason. It could be just another train wreck. Denver at New England, week nine. That's Peyton versus Tom Brady. Brady's won 10 of the first 15, but Manning took last year's AFC championship game. Um, we have the Ravens at the Steelers, week nine. That's a rematch of, of, of week one. Chicago at Green Bay. We, we're always looking forward to those. That's on Sunday night football. Week 13, Seattle at San Fran. What a game that's going to be, right? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Crabtree where, where he could have had the touchdown, but uh, Sherman made sure that didn't happen. And then week 13, Washington at Indianapolis. That's Luck versus RG3. Now, all those games are good, Mike, but the, the game that always my eyes affix to every year is week 16, Monday night. Because you know why? That's the week, that's the game that, we're, that is going to decide very likely – who is the 2014 FFWC champion? That game yeah, is so, so monumental to us, man. And did you see the game? Did you know which one it is? Yeah, Denver-Cincinnati. Wow. Oh, Denver-Cincinnati. I mean, who's it going to be? It's Gio. How, how huge will Gio be in that game? How huge will A.J. Green, Andy Dalton, or, or are we talking Manning? Decker. I mean, there's so many uh, – not Decker, but there's so many uh, – wow, there's going to be all kinds of implications in that game. Oh, I can't wait. Mike, let me ask you, uh, does, does that ever impl- – I know you're old school. You're going to say no, it doesn't. It doesn't influence your drafting at all, does it? Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, does. I asked another player really that does. same thing. He said, "He said no, I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention." I was like, "Dude, you, no. how many times do you have a gut check call in fantasy where it could go either way? You're looking at a couple players, and you're like, either or. I don't know. It's it's basically a coin flip, right? Until the clock runs out. I usually in those well, situations, I'll take the week sixteen Monday night game every time. I, well, see, in my opinion, Scott, I want to make sure my player gets there. I want to make sure, or the, I, I want know. to make sure that I have enough points getting to that point. 
I mean, yeah. it's well, like yeah. asking the it's like asking the player. Okay, uh, do you think uh, in the NBA in October? Uh, well, how do you think you set up in March? Well, they're not going. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the NBA. I will tell you it's this. Just, it's you just, know, it's I, just I like usually, the Pacers. If, if you want to talk to the Indiana oh. Pacers. <laughs> and back in November, I mean, they'd be like, "Well, we're looking, we're looking good, we're looking good." And uh oh, but anyway, sorry. Yeah, it's a sore spot. You know, I will tell you this. Uh, and I, as much as I outlaw baseball talk on Red versus Blue, you know, I hate it, and I won't, I won't let you just sit around and ramble on about baseball. I won't let you have the baseball oh, guest on that you always talk about. Uh, I played baseball <laughs> tonight at DraftKings for the first time ever. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to – and I had one of my buddies who's a big baseball guy, Mark Deming. He's a high-stakes pro, and, he, and he, you know, he's put a team in. And, uh, you know, we had Dustin Pedroia. He's having a pretty good night tonight, all this. And I'm sitting there watching the – and it's the most boring thing ever. At least in NBA, you could watch it, and the points are being scored and everything. This is the most boring game ever. Fantasy did not help baseball at all. It's, it's worse than watching paint dry. So I gave it a shot. Well, you're wrong. I'm ever gonna you're play. wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, you know, either you like baseball or you don't like baseball. I love baseball. I love the way the game's played. Uh, I love the fact that there is no time limit. No one's going to tell me the game is over. The game is over when all the outs are made. There's not going to be no goofy, stupid fouls. There's not going to be flops, this and that. I mean, the game is pure. You can't. I, I, I don't know what it, it's the hardest game. There's two, 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 the two hardest games I've ever played in my life are golf and baseball. It's hard to hit a ball coming off a pitcher's, I mean, coming 85, 90 mile an hour, and it's hard to hit a golf ball straight. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Let's talk value, Mike. Uh, again, I, I <laughs> want you guys to, uh, I've got some. I want to talk about some guys that I have really strong opinions about. You may not feel the same way. Uh, we want to start. Uh, we we want to start uh, with Doug Martin. Doug Martin is not uh, wasn't you know the the player that he became last year. It was just so disappointing to see you you spent a top pick on him, right? Uh, this year he's going in the second yeah. round, not the first, at the two seven mark, running back ten off the board. That's about his ADP right now. And, uh, look, he was injured in week seven, and I want to go back and take you through those games because his stat line for the end of the year, it was horrible. Three and a half yards per carry, 127 carries, 450 yards, one touchdown, on pace for only 32 receptions. That's just not a year like we expected from, you know, Doug Martin. When the year prior, his rookie year, 319 carries, 1,454 yards, 4.6 yards a carry, 11 touchdowns, and 49 receptions. That's what we were expecting. But what happened? The wheels fell off. And I'm going to run these games, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Mike. Week one against the Jets, 24 carries, 65 yards. Come to find out, that's a tough defense, right? Jets were a tough run D. Week two, New Orleans, his old self, 29 for 144. Five yards of carry, no touchdowns, or no catches. It was a good game for him, but Josh Freeman was awful, right? Week three at New England, 20 for 88, four and a half yards of carry, no touchdowns. Again, only two catches, 20 yards. All with Josh Freeman, those three games. The game got out of hand. The Buccaneers lost it 23 to 3. That team started off 0 and 8. Remember, they were awful. 
Week four, Arizona, 27 carries, 45 yards. Are you kidding me? 1.6 yards per carry for Doug Martin. Arizona became known as a very tough run defense, but that was also the first start for a Mike Glennon, rookie quarterback. Week five, he got the bye week. Week six, Philadelphia, 16 for 67, and four catches for, 20, for 24. Again, 43 attempts for a rookie, for Mike Glennon. You're not going to get much of a run game with a rookie because everybody can stack it. Week seven, 11 carries, 47 yards, then he goes out with the injury. That team, again, didn't get their first win until week 10, but got better as the season went on, winning four of their last eight. The injury, he's officially cleared from that shoulder injury that caused him to miss a torn labrum in his left shoulder, and he's already ready to participate in practice, which began this week. He's got a new playbook. He's got Lovey Smith, who ousted Greg Schiano, and Lovey brings in Jeff Tedford, who's the college head coach of Cal, and they want to emphasize a strong power-type run offense. This coach coached Marshawn Lynch. He coached Shane Vereen, Javid Best, Justin Forsett, all at Cal. And now you have Josh McCown brought in at quarterback. The offensive yeah. line should be better with Carl Nix returning from injury. It should be one of the best, uh, the better at lines. Mike, he's undervalued at RB10. I firmly believe this. I'm buying him before that at RB10. I agree, Scott. Um, the reason I say that is the knowledge on that team, the knowledge on Tampa Bay's team, like the names you just uh, – Mentioned Lovey Smith, uh, Josh McCown. I mean, uh, are you serious? I mean, these guys have been around. They understand. Uh, Doug Martin had no chance last year. Josh Freeman. I mean, like you said, they were uh, stacking. They were stacking it. They they were, they were eight in the box. Uh, that gave Doug Martin no chance whatsoever. And Josh Freeman. Let's face it, he flopped and he flopped miserably. And that gave Doug Martin no chance. And next thing you know, he's hurt. He's he's hurt. He's done. So uh, I give I give Doug Martin every bit of a chance to uh, rise up, and he will rise up the uh, the charts, the drafts. Yep. Yep. I'm buying uh, the the combination of Jeff Tedford. Uh, you have the 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 quarterback situation that started to get resolved. Anita does bring up a good point. IPS driver in the chat room that Mike James in the same environment looked much better. Right, uh, but again, I, I don't think it's the same environment. Yes, it's the same team, but the team early on that Doug Martin had was a team in shambles. Shiano and Freeman were on the outs the first three games. They finally got rid of Freeman, and then they bring in the rookie in Glennon, and that's a very tall task. And especially with the tough matchups with Arizona and Philly and New England, New Orleans, all those, even the Jets, tough run D. So all of that combined made for a very bad start. This is still the same guy. 319, 1,450 yards, 4.6 yards of carry, and 49 receptions. I like the fact that they brought in Josh McCown. I think he can succeed. Let's move on to the next player, Mike, Jeremy Macklin. Uh, what do I want to say here? I want to go back and look at what he did when he was healthy. His best year, 69 for 857 and 7 in Andy Reid's offense. He's historically missed a game or two every season until last year, when he completely missed the whole damn thing. He tore his ACL. Now he has Chip Kelly, and he's a full participant now. He's, it, that's his second major knee injury, by the way, okay? 
So they only gave him one year and up to $6 million with incentives. And in the draft, there, there's a lot of speculation that they're going to add a wide receiver if they don't, can't get their hands on Louisville safety Calvin Pryor, ha-ha Clinton Dix. If one of those guys is there, maybe they go safety. They might get a stud wide receiver in that first round in Brandon Cook. That's Oregon State's big play threat. But, Mike, when he's being drafted right now, Jeremy Macklin is at wide receiver 29, sixth round, 6.7, the seventh pick in the sixth round. That's a disgrace. He was wide receiver 22 in Andy Reid's offense. Now he's being drafted at wide receiver 29. DJX had 82 receptions. They've got to make up for that somehow. And you're in Chip Kelly's offense. The only thing you could be doing by drafting him that far is saying, ah, he's going to get hurt. And are we really sitting here speculating injuries? Mike, your floor is yours. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to change my mind. Excuse me. I'm going to change my mind a little bit. Uh, I was going to say that I would not draft him, basically. In the third or fourth. That half. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Scott. You know, you, you do bring up some good points. Uh, Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, he's going to make sure that Jeremy Macklin succeeds. That's that's yeah. a given. Uh, because D-Jack's gone. I mean, there's going to have to be somebody that's going to have to catch him balls. And there's no doubt about it that Chip Kelly's going to make sure that Jeremy Macklin's one of them. Uh, but, yes, I do worry about the injuries. Okay. Absolutely, right. I fair do. En- fair, en- fair enough. Let's bring in the, the fantasy exec, Corey Parson. Better late than never to the party, my man. Uh, what's your, what's your it, take on Jeremy Macklin being drafted at wide receiver 29, 6'7", in an FFWC draft full of veterans? That's probably, where he, that's probably about the right spot for him. I look at Jeremy Macklin as a wide receiver three in fantasy football. To me, the talent has always been there. A dude's kind of like the, like the Loch Ness Monster. I've heard about it. I have yet to see it, though. Um, <laughs> the injuries have always been a concern. He's always been a little bit overrated to me. Chip Kelly's offense is very appealing, and it does make him, you know, more of a, more of a standout play. I'm really into that Eagles offense going into this season. I think they can really do yeah. a lot. I'm all over Nick Foles. I love LaShawn McCoy. Love, yeah. love Darren Sproles. Zachary. I'm in love with Raleigh Cooper. I'm, I'm in love with Raleigh Cooper. I'm telling you, I'm jumping up. I see, I'm seeing Raleigh Cooper going in seven. And I'm like, are you serious? I'll take him in five. As a wide receiver, three, Raleigh Cooper, that's a steal. When we get to August, I have no – it's no – if, if yeah. Raleigh Cooper is going as a wide receiver, three in August, you can sign me up. Just, just, let me tell you something. Let me get Raleigh Cooper as a wide receiver, three in the main event. Turn in the you 50 it. grand right there. I'm telling you. You got okay, it, Corey. So I mean, I mean, this this guy's going off the charts, man, and, and he is. I mean, he's nuts, and uh, that's a good point. Let's let's cool the let's cool the Raleigh Cooper hype machine down just a tad, guys. I mean, you still have McCoy to catch a ton of balls. Why? You still you brought in Darren Sproles to basically serve as a wide receiver role. They're gonna they're gonna line him out wide plenty of times. You got Macklin back in the fold. And you're going to draft a wide receiver and put him to work right off the bat, maybe even two of them. I agree that he's a wide receiver four material, but you, you, you're putting him in the wide receiver two range here, Zach. I think he can be. I think he can be a wide receiver two. I like the fact that he has all those reps and that chemistry that he had, that he had, excuse me, fellas, the chemistry that he had with, with Nick Foles last season. I think that carries okay. over into this season. You, you taking him in front of you taking him in you taking him in front of T. Y. Hilton? 
Yeah, I'm taking him in front of T.Y. Hilton. In front of Roddy White? No, I'm not going to take him in front of Roddy White. In front of Cordero Patterson? I'm taking him a little bit after Roddy White, huh? Cordero Patterson? Oh, yeah, I'm taking him in front of Cordero Patterson. I understand the Patterson thing, North Turner Mm -hmm. system, talent like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, but no, he's not a wide receiver. This is a special elite athlete, but you need to be able to do more than you got to be able to know. You got to know how to run a route. He's not Michael Irvin. He's not Vincent Jackson. You know, I understand all the good players that came up in North Turner's system. Patterson has the opportunity. I'm seeing Patterson going to third. Are you serious? <laughs> I can't. It's too hey, much. Hey, Porterell Patterson reminds me, uh, I mean, the, the kind of talk, and there's only one other player in the offseason that's getting this kind of, I mean, it's almost like Justin the Hunter type hype. It's, it's kind of like what you said, the Loch Ness kind of thing. We haven't seen it, but they're, they're talking like it's coming, you know, so we'll, we'll see. Randall Cobb, no quarterback, let's, let's change, let's no quarterback the there either. That's true. The same Randall Cobb that should have had a 100-catch season if he and Rodgers were healthy, right? 80 for 950 and 8 in his second season. And what did he do week 17 against the Bears? Two catches, 55 yards, two touchdowns, big plays. Now the Niners locked him down in the playoffs, but Rodgers didn't really have the chemistry fully back. He was back to the party so late. Now Randall Cobb's being drafted at 3-5 at wide receiver 13, exec. Uh, what do you uh, think about that? Is that about right or is that a little too low? I can wait a little bit longer. I love the, I love, I love the, I love the value. Well, no, not the value. I love what he can do for your team in the PPR. If he stays healthy, you know what they're going to be doing. This NFL, this past happy NFL that we're going into right now, I think Cobb is a guy that I wasn't sold on him last year. I didn't like where he was going last year. It turned out I was right by staying away from him. But I definitely could see the 100-catch season coming. I like a lot of things that he can do with the football after the catch. The offense suits him well. Still, I want to tip my expectations a little bit because I'm so in love with Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson yeah. still finished top 12 without Aaron Rodgers there for, for a good chunk of the season. Jordy Nelson is the chain mover. He's a deep, he's a deep play guy. He, he, he yards after the catch. Excellent wide receiver. Nelson is the guy. Nelson's a second-round draft pick, in my opinion. To come back and take Cobb in the third, uh, maybe not. It's maybe a little bit too rich for my blood. I do like a lot of things that Cobb can do, and they do have enough targets for everybody in that offense. But I, I, I just – I'm not pulling the trigger on Cobb in the third round. I just, I just don't see it right now. But I'll, do, I'll pull the trigger on Jordy Nelson in the second two times on Sunday. Mike, Mike, go ahead. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Corey, uh, so, you know, if you're going into uh, your draft, uh, the main event draft or what have you, uh, let's, let's, we gotta both, we got to both think about it. we got to think that they're both going to be healthy throughout the entire year, Cobb and Jordy Nelson. Obviously, you'd take Jordy Nelson before Cobb. Um, does, does that mean that Cobb stays at the 3-5? If you're, if you're mentally thinking that uh, – Cobb is going to be healthy throughout the entire year, and you, you do not get Nelson. Where does Cobb fall? 3 5? Does that sound about right? That sounds about right because what's going to happen is, and, and, and fantasy football is, is it's like the NFL, really. It's a, it's, 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 a copycat, it's a copycat league, it's a game of trends. Once you see how one guy is winning consistently, everybody's going to go to that mold. And early drafts I've done so far, basically, I'm seeing the first couple of running backs go then it's all wide receivers. When you got all those wide receivers going, you start to push the Randall Cobbs up the board. And when the Randall mm. Cobbs start to get pushed up the board, 
they go in the third round. I saw the draft and go to how did I start it? Calvin at five and came back and took Jordy in the second round. I love yeah. that start right there. I can do that all the time. I didn't even think about a running back until I got to the third, fourth round. The pass, like I said before, pass happy NFL, PPR football, you got to get them. And the guys are going to get pushed up the board just because, I mean, who you take, Randall Carver or Victor Cruz? Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. geez. Now, Ooh. listen. Now, okay, okay. Now, the, Corey Parson, fantasy executive from SiriusXM, is joining us today here with Scott and Mike from Red vs. Blue. And we're talking Randall Cobb value. And I think, I think everybody's just totally going insane right now. I don't know what's happened here on Red vs. Blue. The receiver that was supposed to catch 100 balls when he was healthy last year is now all of a sudden a third-round pick because he, he, he finally had an injury in his career. And uh, I just don't understand what, what, what's happening right now. Uh, Cobb should be a second-round pick uh, to me. Really? Cobb, Cobb should be a second-round pick. He, he should be he in be, the Alson Jeffrey, in the Brandon Marshall. It should be Randall Cobb right about there. Because the last thing that you guys are not really thinking about is the, is the other guy we're going to talk about. It's Eddie Lacy. Eighth overall without Rodgers, 284 carries as a rookie, four and a half That's yards what? per carry. That has to go up, that 4.1 yards per carry. 35 receptions, 11 touchdowns, and he missed two games. And now, how do you think Aaron Rodgers will affect Eddie Lacy? How will Eddie Lacy affect Aaron Rodgers? Do you guys not see that this offense is poised well, to be one of the most dangerous offenses in the entire league? Okay, now, Corey, if you have Corey's a dominant a running back, if you have a dominant Corey running is a back master like this, at this. Corey is a master at this, and I'm, I, all, all I'm going to say is that is exactly why I think Randall Cobb is going to be a third-round pick, is Eddie Lacy. He's going to be that good. Okay. Go ahead, Corey. He's in a situation. I love Lacy. I would, you know what? I'm telling you, when I was on the clock on that draft and go number two, and I was on the clock and McCoy was going, Forte was going, um, Jamal Charles was going, and Adrian Peterson was going, my thought process said Eddie Lacy. I went Calvin instead, but I don't mind anybody taking Eddie Lacy at five. He's going to finish off drives in a high-powered offense. You just named the stats from last season, and he said you, he missed two games. One of the games he missed, when that headhunting – I was about to say a bad word, excuse me. When that headhunting right. sucker <laughs> MC, when that headhunting sucker Brandon Merriweather hit him in the head in that, in that game against Washington, you know, he might have ran for 200 yards that game. He looked fresh right out the gate, but listen, that's back, that's back that season. Numbers could have been even better. Young running back, catch the football, going to finish off drives. That's what you like most about Eddie Lacy. And that offense, he's going to get the ball on the goal line a lot. I, I, I love Eddie Lacy coming into this season. I love, I, I love what you could do with him. Yeah, I think I he's a definite first-round pick, stud running back like that. Randall Cobb, I like a lot. I didn't like, last year this time I, was, I didn't see it, just like Cordero Patterson. I didn't see it. I mm. I can get with it this year with Randall Cobb at the end of the second going into the third because of how everybody's going to be on the receiver. See, that's the thing. He's going to get pushed up the board because you're going to start you, – everybody's going to say, okay, well, I got to get one. I got to get one. And so let me get Randall Cobb. I just think – and it is enough, it is enough weapons in that offense. I just think that, you know, <clears throat> who the wide receivers going in the third round right now? You know, if you, if you, I wish I had a draft board up and I could tell you a little yeah, bit well, more. Corey, uh, 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 well, Corey, one, one thing about it is if, if you don't get Randall Cobb at that 3, 4, 3, 5, 3, you're three not get him. then no big deal because there's plenty left. There's plenty okay. left. It, 
Yeah, but look, you're you're going with Pierre. They got Pierre Garçon, Keenan Allen, Randall Cobb, Vincent Jackson, I'll take Keenan Michael Allen Crabtree. All you, you I like can't all those put guys. Keenan Allen in the Randall Cobb group. I'm just sorry, guys. I'm sorry. We we saw a little why, bit. Why don't of you say? You know what? I like the. You know what? The people that say that he reached his. A lot of people say that that was his ceiling last year. Well, I'll do it again. Keenan Allen won the people money last year. If you got Damn Keenan right. Allen off the wire, if you got Ke- like, so, like my man Doctor Roto called him Keenan I, Allen I, Roto because he looked at him as his son. If you got I, Keenan yeah. Allen as a player. I call everybody else on that wide receiver court, everybody on that wide receiver court in San Diego stays hurt. Keenan Allen right. came in there and got busy and was the only target, really. Him yeah. and, and, uh, and, and Phil Rivers had good chemistry like right him. out the gate. I, and, I, and that like offense, him. they used him perfectly. That the way Rivers looked last year, another year yes. in that system. Listen, it's, it's the same thing with Keenan Allen. It's the same thing. He's getting pushed up the board because everybody's grabbing wide receivers. But the guy you mentioned that's interesting to me is Pierre Garçon. Washington killed his value by bringing Deshaun Jackson in. See, him and Andre Roberts, boy, I tell you what, if it was just those two, Garçon would have been a monster next year. Because not only did he have that middle of the field game, that possession wide receiver game. With Andre Robinson and now, now in a healthy RG, now you can get to, to, to Garcon's true game, which is going down the field and scoring touchdowns. The yeah. catches would have yeah. went down, but the touchdowns would have went up. So it would have balanced yeah. out. But now you bring Jackson in, and he's not a wide receiver one no more. Big if, big if, Corey, big if Corey is a healthy RG. Yeah, well, no, I think RG. I'm worried think, about that, man. I'm worried about that. One of the things I, we I, talked about this week on the show is who are your top five quarterbacks? Of course, you got the big three, Rodgers, Breeze, and Manning. Who's four and five? And you know what? I don't see why well, RG3 can't be number It's not in that mix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it'd be tough to put Cam Newton in there because uh, who's he going to throw to? no weapons. No weapons. No. He yeah. has no weapons. Yeah. No. Going to be asked to do way too much this year. You've got you to gotta throw the, the guys like Nick Foles, Matt Ryan, Luck. Stafford back into the into the equation here. I got two more guys I'm I want to bring up before the end of the show. I'm putting Roddy Foles in White. there. Roddy White, healthy when he was healthy, he was top ten. How all of a sudden is he wide receiver twenty five? And Tony Gonzalez is gone. People, you're asleep at the wheel. What's, what's the deal? <laughs> what's the deal, Zach? Hey, you know what? Let him. Hey, let him sit there. Because I'll I'll take him. If you can get him as a wide receiver three, I'll take him. You're talking about every year except for last year, when you think about Roddy White in fantasy football, 16 games, 100 catches. Lock yeah, it up. Yeah. Yeah. Lock, Lock it, it up. up. 16 games, That's true. 100 catches. Last season, it didn't happen. The injuries, the way the Falcons offense looked, this is what fantasy owners do. They take it personal. Yeah. So now this year when they see, you, when they see White, Roddy White, oh, no, he hurt me last year. He broke my heart last year. It's not. This is, right. you, you, you guys weren't dating. Can't do that. <laughs> he was on your team, but you were not dating. So right. let him slip. <laughs> let him slip. And I and I'll be right hey. there to pick up the pieces. That's all the time we have. have a short memory. That's all the time yeah, we have, have for the live memory. show. Yep. We're we're gonna come right back and do a little bit of overtime with with Corey Parson from Fantasy uh, from SiriusXM. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.
thank you to the crew in the chat room. Uh, great, great show tonight. We're going to do overtime here with the fantasy executive, Corey Parsons, so make sure you come back and, and catch out the rest of the show. We just brought up Roddy White and the fact that he's being uh, drafted where he is. All of a sudden, he's wide receiver 25, and you're grabbing him in the fifth round. It's just totally unacceptable for high-stakes FFWC drafters to let that happen, especially with Tony Gonzalez gone, uh, asleep at the wheel. The last name I wanted to mention was Victor Cruz, uh, exec. Yeah. Interesting proposition here because you don't know what kind of Giants team is going to show up. If it's the Giants team from last year, you've got yourself a real mess on your hands. But still, at wide receiver 20, last year was a terrible year for the Giants, and he was wide receiver 28. The two years prior, Victor Cruz was wide receiver 14, and then wide receiver 3 two years ago. So a lot of upside here for Victor Cruz. Hakeem Nix is gone. And the one stat that was the most interesting to me probably that I've seen in a long time, exec, the Giants from last year, since they've been keeping track of injury statistics, which hasn't been all that long, you know, half a dozen years or so, uh, they were the most injured team in the history of NFL, the New York Giants from last year. Now, that kind of helps me understand a little bit what I saw from the Giants last year because every game was the worst possible product you could possibly see on, NFL, on, on television. So I'm not ready to dismiss Victor Cruz for being in that 15, 10 to 15 range yet. Nah, no, you know what? You really can't and because he's such a dynamic talent. But the, the problem, Eli Manning was terrible last year. He had, and he had some great matchups. And every week we were talking about, oh, Eli Manning has a great matchup. He's going to do it this week. And everybody yeah, on DraftKings right. ran out yeah. and, and got yeah, Eli yeah, yeah. Manning for cheap, yeah, and, yeah. and he burnt Eli. him. Yep. Yeah, and he burnt him. Yep. You know what? The problem with the Giants, one of the, let me not say the problem. One of the problems with the Giants offense last year, they didn't have a tight end. Eli Manning is best. When he has a tight end that he that oh yes in a running game that can get him out of trouble. Yep. When you put it all on Eli Manning, it looks bad. He, See, he, 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 another another season this uh, year. Totally agree. This season, if totally. he plays like he did last season, they're going to give him and Tom Coughlin walking papers in New York. Yep. Thank you for the two rings, but we got to figure out something mm-hmm. else. NFL, not for long. Short term memory. What have you done for me lately? This is a season where That's that right. Giants offense has the click. And they had a fabulous offseason on the defensive side of the ball. They don't have that tight end yet in there for Eli. But you know what? I, I just got a feeling that the Giants are going to come back out the gate and rebound nicely. And Victor Cruz is a guy that's going to be out there as a, as a steal. Because, once again, fantasy owners act like they were dating Victor Cruz last year and he let him that's down. Right. I didn't see – he's in a saucer in week two, and we didn't see a saucer no more than like week 13. <laughs> I know. That was terrible. That was, the, that was the longest touchdown drought I think I've ever witnessed. Uh, you know, you do have two other receivers there. Reuben Randall, who, should, uh, who, who many people are predicting will step into that wide receiver two role. But you also have Jarrell Jernigan, too. So you've got a couple of names there. And then you said it yourself. Uh, they're missing kind of the tight end, but they did bring in Kellen Davis. They have Adrian Robinson, a couple of young guys there. Um, yeah, Mike, there's a, there's a lot of names to, to float around there. Any of them, any of them stepping out to you? Yeah, I tell you what, Cordell Patterson does. I mean, he really does. Hmm. You know, I think he's going to flourish. Uh, I, it's not going to be a sophomore slump because this is actually his third year. So uh, I expect a, I expect a lot of good things out of Cordell Patterson. And uh, I just uh, I love what Corey's bringing to the table. When it, um, you know, I hate to keep talking about the Giants, but uh, 
they're going to need a they're going to need a running game and a tight end to keep Eli uh, comfort comfortable. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, because if they don't have that, then uh, they're going to have a, they're going to have a difficult time. I think Jarrell Jernigan is a guy, and me and Joe Brown, besides my boy Joe Brown, we've talked a couple times. He loves Jarrell Jernigan this year. I think Jarrell yeah, Jernigan. Yeah. See, that's why when you see a wide receiver you don't like going in the third round. That's why you can pull back and say, hold on one second, because you can drop down and get a guy like Jarrell Jernigan who can end up yeah. being a wide receiver three tight for fantasy purposes. So I think Jarrell Jernigan, I agree with Joe. Jarrell Jernigan is a guy, the skill set is going to be, the skill set is there. The, now it's just about getting the chemistry down with Eli and coming out the gate and beating yeah. top corner coverage in the NFL. Yeah, so Jernigan is going to be one of the top, to, top number three wide they got a new They got a new offensive coordinator in the, in the Giants situation in, in, in New York also. And that guy they brought in, I don't remember his name right now, but he knows how to put those weapons in place, and he's going to get Eli back on track. So I expect the Giants offense to, to, to go back to, and I, and I hate the New York Giants, but I expect the offense to go back to being an elite level. <laughs> Sorry, this I hate is, uh, <laughs> That's all right. I hate the New York Giants too, Corey, because I'm a, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. But anyway, I'm a Dallas uh, Cowboy this, fan too. There you go. Oh, God. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is April 25th. This is April yeah. 25th. Let's think about it now. Uh, how important is it to get a running back in the first round? It's not important at all. Mm-mm. It's not important it's not at all. Last you know what? Anything, right? I, you know what? I, will, I don't mind if I come out of draft with a team. Let's say I start Calvin, Jordy, Keenan Allen, and then yep. I go Rashard Jennings, Pierre Thomas. I'm good with that. I'm good okay. with that. I, I, so I'm, good, I'm good with that. You basically like that. have no uh, – because the way the game has evolved, Corey, you really have no RB1 on your team at no. all. If I don't have no okay. RB1, give me a guy that can catch the football. Give me a guy that there can catch go. 50 passes. Okay. Gotcha. And, oh, I, and, I, and, and, I'll, and I'll figure it out the rest of the way. I don't need the big – first of all, do you think it's a running back that's going to get 300 touches this year? I mean, 300 nope. carries. It's going to be tough. Is a 300-carry running back in the NFL? It's going to be tough. Yeah, Peter Peterson and Lacey, you know, with a full season, healthy, you know, maybe even uh, maybe yeah, even no, Zach Stacy if, if everything goes well. Zach Stacy, you know what, maybe the one that comes to mind. That's yeah. a good call. Zach Stacy yeah. maybe is the guy that can get 300 carries. Yeah. But he's not going to get the reception. Other than that, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of like, really you know, I'm yeah, like you're right. I'm happy you're, to get you're running right. backs in the in the seventh round. Toby Gerhardt, give me a give me a workhorse yeah. like Toby Gerhardt, you know? Yeah, I'll take yeah, give I'll me take a guy like give me a Toby Gerhardt. Give me a Toby Gerhardt. No, I don't have a problem with that's kind of, the guy. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, fellas. No, no, you're doing good, Corey. The, yeah, I was just gonna say that it's kind of funny because uh, last year it seemed like uh, round seven, eight, and nine were the flowers at uh, quarterback, and this year. Round seven, eight, and nine might be the flowers at running back. Yeah, you're going to find a guy. And Scott made a good point. Mentioned a very good name and Toby Gerhardt. But the thing that the running back that keeps I'm dreaming about him. He keeps sticking out in my head, and I'm just like, wow, this guy right here, he's going to drop on draft day because of the way fantasy owners think that they were dating last year. He's had a history of injuries. But, man, this guy can put together 16 games. He can be 
the top running back in fantasy football, and that's DeMarco Murray. Did you guys see how DeMarco Murray oh, was yeah. running oh, at yeah. the end of last season? Yes, yes. You see the numbers with he muscle. put up when with he muscle. came back at the end of last season? Oh, man, DeMarco Murray is so ready to break out. But it's little one cowboy problem. Love. Little, little, he won't drop. Listen, it's the, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. You, when you see DeMarco Murray going in the third round, that's people scared no, of that injury. You. you don't win by but being scared. I, I, I think that yeah. Toolbox was the higher on DeMarco Murray than any other of the 100 websites that are part of that yeah, fantasy yeah, pros challenge. Because we said if he's healthy, if he's healthy, he's going he's gonna to be a top five yeah. running back, period. The, DeMarco the Murray. thing about it is people, running backs, not athletes in general, when you keep having injuries, to, to your lower extremities, your knees, your legs, your feet, that's normally a bad sign. And that's what, scares, what, what, what can scare people off. And I don't, and I don't blame them for being scared. I, you know what? I, I would draft DeMarco Murray as high as 1-5. You know what I mean? But, I, I, you know, that's, that's, Ooh, that's high. That's, yeah, that's high. That's real high. That's, that's yep. um, you know, that may be a little bit, that's maybe a little bit of, you know, wacky tobacco high. But uh, that, yeah, I think, he, I think right he's high. worthy of that pick. But if he doesn't play 16, you just killed yourself. And think, the thing with a guy like DeMarco Murray, he can really kill your team because if he gets – he takes a big chunk – his production, when his production is going, it takes a big chunk out your roster. He brought oh, me in one of my Rotobowl teams last year. It hurt. You know what I mean? Because he oh, was yeah. like – the team started to slip when he, when, 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 when he got hurt. I'll never forget you know that what, uh, I, I, went, I went out on a <laughs> – Oh jeez. Go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. What do you want to say? No. Oh no. You know, you just said you'd take him at one five, and the last time I took a Dallas Cowboy running back that high was Julius Jones back in two thousand five. Oh, no. You know, W. <laughs> soft. Oh no. And I was like, I've got my sleeper here. You know, everybody was kind of really high on this kid, and he had a good rookie year, and everybody's like, he's gonna he's gonna be the bell cow, and he was just a disaster at that draft spot, man. I I, I couldn't take Guys, him. Guys, I wanted high, to bust man. out, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exec, great to have you on the show, my man. Uh, Sorry love, I was late. I wish you did the whole thing together. It sounded like you guys were having a lot of fun tonight. But we'll get it back. We'll get it done soon, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, at the, at the end of the busy work week, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I wake up like, oh, my God. I, I, Jesus, I've done you know the same thing. Yes. I've done the same thing. At least we got to get Mikey, something in. Thanks for Corey, joining Corey, us as always, man. I love, I, love, I love hearing your voice. Uh, you bring a lot of energy and just, uh, he wants to just marry keep it up, you. man. Keep thank you, passion. thank you. I appreciate that. We'll meet up in the draft one day. Make make baby cowboys together. Uh, <laughs> guys, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks a lot. Take care. Right, Peace, guys.